Patterns are not proof. Intuition is not evidence. Belief is not truth. You're listening to Chasing Shadows. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the show. Uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, I'm your host, Josh Croker, and I'm joined with our other host, Robert Bain Yo. and Eric McLean. Hello, hello. And you are listening to the inaugural show of Chasing Shadows. And uh, we're starting things off talking about Bigfoot. Uh, we're based here in the Pacific Northwest, so we wanted to do something local and kind of uh, at the heart of uh, the uh, paranormal stories of the area, and uh, so so that's that's what we got going for us today. So uh, welcome, yeah, welcome, yeah. yeah. So uh, this is Chasing Shadows. Uh, if you're tuning in, um, just to give you guys a little intro on the show, um, what we're trying to do here is look at paranormal topics with a scientific filter. So anything um, that, that scares people, anything that goes bump in the night, we want to look at and see why people believe what they do. And more importantly, if those topics have any um, actual evidence to support their existence. A lot of people believe that things like ghosts or Bigfoot, and the topic we're talking about today, or uh, you know, some of the other topics we're going to be looking at for the show are mind control or monsters, uh, uh, lots of different types of topics. What we want to find is the evidence behind them and um, what that evidence points to, and look at the things that influence people, and hope to find a, a little bit about why we believe those things. So, um, yeah, so that's, that's what the show is here. In terms of each of our history with the paranormal, what, uh, what, what do you guys think here? What, what, what's your take on some paranormal topics, or, or uh, how do you feel about uh, the paranormal? Well, I have always been on the side of wanting to believe. I mm-hmm. uh, had a few personal run-ins myself, mm-hmm. one of which you were present for yes uh two of which actually yes um, oh, yeah. but um so i've always kind of had the run-ins for some reason i've always had this morbid curiosity of wanting run-ins with sure. the supernatural sure but completely terrified yes that actually <laughs> yes uh, i was the kid who uh almost went through a plate glass slider window because my grandpa said hey you want to go for a walk out in the dark in the orange trees i was so terrified sure Aliens or something yes, grabbing me, yes. but um, so I've always wanted to believe, but terrified, yes. and also currently skeptical, very okay. skeptical. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I want, want answers. You know, and that's a funny contradiction too. That's one that I had as well when I was a kid. It was it was like you you had to go. You you almost wanted to know uh, what was going on, as maybe like shining a light on it would take a little bit of the fear away from it. But yes. it seemed like learning more about it always made it worse. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah it's like the more you learn, the less you knew. Exactly. Uh, and yeah, then yeah. it ended up just being worse. Yeah. yeah, yeah, okay, okay. But skeptical. Are there any paranormal topics, or just in general maybe conspiracy theories, or um, those kind of uh, shadowy topics that, that uh, interest you specifically? My biggest interest is probably ghosts and spirits. Okay. Probably because... Um, I want to just be like, oh, that's ridiculous. People mm-hmm. can't come back. And, mm-hmm. But I am so... Right now, I've become very spiritual. Okay. And just the you know the act of 
reincarnation or coming sure. back as a spirit not to haunt people but just to be present yeah. in, your energy is still present it's, right right i've been very interested in that topic sure. i want it not to be true because again terrified yes that someone's watching me. <laughs> but uh Both probably terrifying that and more recently just because i've been interested okay. in the thought of reincarnation or spirit worlds okay okay and uh i know you have a little bit of history in researching jfk as yeah, a topic. Very much so. Okay. Well, maybe that's something in the future we can look at as well. That'd yes, be, that'd be a lot of hours in the yes, JFK. Yes. Stuff. And there's also uh, current events in regards to the JFK information yes. as well. So hopefully yeah. in the, the future that's uh, one of our episode topics we can look at. So be a good one to I'll go over. To. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Sure. I'll, yeah. Be in, I'll be in Dallas uh, at the end of this year. Uh, <laughs> oh, we'll do some more research. Okay. Well, then maybe we'll, have to, maybe we'll have to make that happen. All right. So, so Robert, you and the paranormal. Yes, sir. Uh, what's your history with the paranormal, if any, and how do you feel about it in general? I actually don't have a lot of background with paranormal activity sure. or anything that has to do with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm more of the uh, unbiased opinion and mm-hmm. kind of being the voice of the people on this. <laughs> kind sure. of uh, getting a good insight on some stuff that I am not versed in. Sure. But at the same time, still giving a good opinion on why you should sure. look at this in a different sure. way or look at it at all right yeah um yeah. I, i'm super interested in it i mm-hmm. like seeing kind of like eric said with the spirit worlds i think that there is some sort of spirit out there or sure. somewhere else where your spirit goes after you pass mm-hmm. and i'd love to come to the bottom of that so sure. mm-hmm. i know that's not what we're talking about today but no absolutely definitely uh yeah and, good and topic yeah and um you know and kind of getting ready for the show that's a topic a lot of people have discussed as being interested in and I think in the future we've got uh, a few things planned where we hope to go out and uh, recreate some of the conditions that uh, show up in, in normal ghost hunting and, and what uh, ghost hunters use as evidence for uh, for their sightings and for their different shows and uh, other uh, pieces of media, which there are plenty of. So uh, we can examine what's out there and see if we can create our own. So that's definitely some topics we can go over. So uh, just to go over t- uh, my... History with the paranormal, um, I have uh, been interested in it as, uh, just in general as a topic since I was a kid, and when I say I was interested in the paranormal, basically anything that couldn't be explained um, through normal means or through normal history just absolutely fascinated me. I I had the same mindset as uh, Eric did, that I was terrified, uh, absolutely terrified, but could not stop watching it and and just uh, gathered as much information as I could. Um, I've done a lot of looking to a lot of different topics. I've done ghost hunting. I've been out in the forest doing Bigfoot hunting. More recently, I have done a lot of research into the topic of Run Le Chateau, um, and that's uh, kind of the the Holy Grail hunt and the story that the Da Vinci Code is based off of and been involved in, in that community and doing research around that as well. So I hope to bring some of the insight from that topic to the show as well and maybe even some guests in the future that uh, I've done research with. So hopefully I can bring that um, to the show. Um, my viewpoint in terms of what I actually believe has changed so much. Um, when I was a kid, uh, mostly because of my religious views, I didn't believe in a lot of it, even though I was fascinated by it, but still saw that there were patterns that at least said that something wasn't quite as it was being explained. And uh, again, kept seeking out information to find what made up the truth and not necessarily belief but actual truth and um that 
led me down a lot of different paths. And I would say that I used to believe in a lot more things than I do. Um, I used to see a pattern or see a piece of evidence that wasn't necessarily concrete and think, Hey, that's, that's absolutely something real. Yeah. You know, those, those things are like just, you know, I look back now and think, Oh man, if I believe that I was a real nut job. Yeah, you've, uh, you've definitely hardened a bit. I have, yeah. yes, you've yes, a lot, you, you yes, a lot yes. Of and I think some people who know me personally will even be a little surprised about uh, some of the uh, conclusions about the topic that we're uh, looking at for the first couple episodes of the show. So, um, I, I now uh, I think what it is is more stringent on my requirements for evidence, and that a pattern or a possibility um, doesn't equal something being real and uh, ultimately you know even though a lot of the stuff we're kind of almost going to be trying to disprove in order to make sure that the evidence that there is real make sure um, there's actually some sort of merit behind right it. exactly a, a lot of these topics you know I, I would love to find something on them you know to find that there's something else out there i think ultimately why a lot of people believe in the paranormal is because they want there to be more than what we already know you know, they want that, that outside influence almost. And the paranormal is explanations that um, offer evidence of that. Um, but the problem is, is often the evidence is based on um, intuition or um, seeing things that, or experiencing things that um, are not what they seem. And that combined with uh, media influences and people who want you to believe things for very specific reasons, then we end up having our beliefs about the paranormal and about the things that shape this world. And uh, so that's that's a, a a little bit about how I believe, and a, a little bit about what we're trying to do on the show is find the good evidence. We want to uh, find out what the evidence is behind these things, and if there is good evidence, and if not, why do we believe? Or why do some believe that they exist? Is there something that we can do to show why that evidence is coming up? So I hope we've got you guys a little spooked. Giving you a good breakdown of the show and and what we're trying to achieve here. Uh, We're going to take a quick break. uh, And when we get back, we're going to jump into some eyewitness reports about Bigfoot and see what we can find. So stay tuned. You're listening to Chasing Shadows. Community radio like this is brought to you by the generous support of founding sponsor Bill Dickey at ADCO Commercial Printing and Graphics, Clark County's local print shop since 1993. ADCO features stationery, posters, flyers, tickets, business cards, stickers, catalogs, and much more. Print anything, mail anywhere. Learn more at adco1.com. That's ADCO, the number one, dot com. Many thanks to our longtime founding sponsor and friend, Don Orange, with Hosley Eco Automotive. Family owned and operated since 1946, Hosley Eco Automotive is the place for fast, friendly, and honest service. Hybrid and electric car qualified, and home of the three year, 36,000 mile warranty. Find out more at HosleyEcoAutomotive.com or directly at 360 558 3747. Welcome back to Chasing Shadows. So before we get into the topic for today, 
which is going to be Bigfoot. Uh, we are looking, uh, as I said, we're, we're based in the Northwest here, so we wanted to do Bigfoot as the first episode. Um, before we do that, we had uh, a little bit of a story. Uh, Eric mentioned that he and I had done a little bit of uh, paranormal, uh, had some paranormal experiences, <laughs> yeah. I guess would be a better way to say it. Bring the light to this situation. Oh, yeah. Here. This, yeah. Is, this was an interesting one. So we were in high school. I think we were juniors in high school. This would have yeah. been about like 2004. This would have been right at the beginning of my ghost hunting days. I don't think I really did much before this. We had to be just like 16. I think I, was I think so. You had just started driving. driving. And that was yeah. part of it too, is we they just wanted to get out of the house. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, 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 no. Let's say this. It was like 10 o'clock. And we're 16. We're still yeah, young. Sure. Yeah, and I had sure. a knock on my door and there's like five guys standing at my door. <laughs> and it was because I had a van yes. that everyone could fit in. So I was being used. So I was kind of dragged along. Well, but... you know what? It's so funny because the van ended up being such a big player yeah. in, the, in the story itself. Huge yeah. Was it your mystery machine? Uh, pretty it much. Was. It, was, it, was, wow. it was shaped like it. it was green. It was dark green. Yeah. But uh, yeah, 1989 Ford Aero Yeah, with the squeaky windshield wipers. Yeah. <laughs> so on this particular night, I think it was winter, so it was probably really cold. It was close to Halloween. It was. It was yes. very close to Halloween. And so we were looking for creepy things to do anyways, and, and trying to find, uh, you know, went online and tried to find stories from the area of hauntings. So that we could go, you know. We were going to do a run. Yeah, go, go see if we could theater. see some ghosts. Yeah, yeah. movie theaters. Yes, the Cinema 123. Cinema that was closed down. Yeah. So that wasn't really a good lead. We didn't really get anything there. But we did find an old story about some train tracks. The train tracks. And from what I've seen since, this story is pretty much everywhere. I think, okay. you know, like most places have their version sure. of this. Of course. But it's the... the it's always train tracks. There, right. There's a school bus full of children. <laughs> yes. And they stalled yes, over right. the train tracks. The bus was stalled. Yes. And, the and they could not get over in time. Yep. And they were tragically hit. And the children passed away, oh, wow. and now so the yeah, now the the crossing. Says, yes, yes. If you park on the train tracks mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. put your car into neutral, that the quote unquote kids will try yes. and push you off, push your yes. car off the track, and your You'll car will inexplicably off. move yes. over the tracks yes. on the even surface. Well, <laughs> that's where it gets a little dicey. Okay. That's where you right. start suspending yes. disbelief. A right, bit, and just given to yeah, that. and okay. us being teenagers who wanted to right. find something creepy, it was kind of a little bit confirmation bias. And Definitely. if we were to go to that spot now, we would look at it and say, "Yeah, there's a hill there. So when you park over right. it, if you park in just the right way, then you will get you'll go over and get a little right. bit of momentum and get pushed." Gotcha. Okay. So it was yeah. a clear night. Um, yes. So we were driving, and it's in these orchards. Yes. Uh, the tracks goes through these orchards, and so we go. Oh, here's the street. We name the street. We turn down it. As soon as we make a ride down the street, mm-hmm. the th- fog is so thick you can't see. Oh yeah. Five yep. feet in front. Of you. Yep. And we're just right down and the street from it. Only so on we, this street. Oh yeah. So we're going way to so second. of course it's sixteen. You're freaking out. It's clear everywhere, but not here. I'm it's, sure it could oh, be there's ghosts. By moisture in the air. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> now you can see it driving by right. fields in right. certain sure. ways that there's moisture. So you turn down, you can't see it. You're right. freaking out. Right. Um, so it is orchards. So it's you know it's two long stretches. Uh, the tracks were in the middle of these road stretches, and then there was just um, maybe four or five little dirt kind of little mounds where okay. the tracks were so the ground was uneven yes yeah. <laughs> um, not even very like very very simple train tracks it wasn't very even simple like, it's, you can, yeah, yeah, it's central valley like california yeah. transporting produce yeah yeah not even in use abandoned anymore. train yeah. tracks so we were told that it's the one on the very end mm-hmm. right it's always the one mm-hmm. on the very end mm-hmm. so we drive all the way down this creepy road mm-hmm. we park um you have to turn your lights off mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Turn the radio off. So the legend says. So the legend says, put it in neutral. <laughs> and you know, it's six 16-year-old boys in a car. Mm-hmm. And Anyway, so we turn everything off. We sit mm-hmm. there. And it's, you know, five to ten minutes of, oh, did you feel that? Yeah. Yeah. Did you feel this? But even then, like, nothing that? really happened. We were trying to create something, yeah. but we all knew nothing. Was yes, happening. nothing happened. Nothing happened. Yes, nothing happened. So to make this a little shorter story, we uh, we gave up. Yes. We gave up. We drove off. Yes. The whole time, one of our friends was filming, actually. He yes. had just gotten one of those new uh-huh. flip cameras. Yes. He was filming everything. Um, so we had left. We were like, all right, you know, we tried the theater, nothing. Train uh-huh. tracks, nothing. I think I'm just going to go home. Yeah. I've been out long enough. It's almost yeah. midnight or something. Yeah. Um, and then as we're driving... The guy with the camera just goes, look! And the streetlight yeah. hit the windshield. It was as we drove by the streetlight. You yeah. could see it when we crossed it under a streetlight only. Now this is which a, added to the creepiness. This is a minivan, a 90s uh-huh. yeah. minivan. It's, the top of the windshield is six feet at least. Yes. The very top corner. So the, the, the light hit the corner, and you could see two sets. Was it two sets? I think it was just set? one set, one but two set, footprints. Uh, two footprints. Wow. Children-sized footprints. Yes. Uh, they were child's feet. They were child's feet, yeah. And I, have, I did not have any children walking on top of my right. car. And the, the window was at an angle. The window was at a very, yes, yes. very steep angle. Yes. And it was at the very, very top. They were children's yes. footprints. Yes. That's quite interesting. So yeah. cue us all freaking out. Yes. Absolutely. Like, oh boy, proof positive right here. Here's ghosts. Yeah. Well, I can imagine. Yeah. So. Which, you know, is so funny. Like, nothing happened. We saw footprints on there, and that just, just, man, I think everything led to the kind of ambiance of the whole scene. You know, we yeah. turned down, there was fog. Sure. It was a creepy night. It was super quiet. And then we just see flashes of these little footprints. I mean, right. it was almost like setting up like a movie scene. Up. It was. And what's funny is because it just did a complete 180. Yeah. We went from, okay, that's bogus, yeah. nothing happened, right. you know, to just, oh my gosh. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and um, sure, my cat had been walking sure. on the car, but we can tell cat. The right, exactly. They definitely weren't cats. You know, a three yeah. to four inch yeah. footprint. And so, and that, that that's, uh, you know, I love... Going back to that story, and, you know, that happened, man, you know, must be 15 years ago at this point, but um, experiences like that is is what makes people believe in the paranormal. Oh, yeah. And when we look back at that, you know, I think when we look at that story ourselves, what, what we can say is, you know, there weren't any children walking on the top of your car, but, you know... Would a child's footprints somehow having gotten on there, maybe from a kid messing around and climbing on top of it, be any less likely than a dead child somehow ha- had a corporeal body and sure. made the footprints up on the windshield? You know, yeah. it's 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 easy for people to say, well, it's not likely for something to happen, so we need to come up with an explanation for it sure. outside yeah. of the ordinary. Right. And I think those are the kind of things that. Uh, you know, add to to the just general mindset and belief of those kind of things. An eyewitness story that, when told to other people, becomes proof positive for ghosts. And that's kind of the topic we're talking about today with Bigfoot, is eyewitness stories and, and how it uh, lends to people thinking about that. So it's just kind of a, a connector to the topic today and, and that story in general. We also have one that's a little bit more recent. That was when we were teenagers in high school. The one that's a little more recent is somewhat different. But uh, this one, it, it, the start of the story is about two years ago. 
And it was, I believe, January. And it was a sunnyish day. Uh, if anybody lives in the Pacific Northwest, you know how it goes. The weather can change in five minutes. So it was sunny at some point, cloudy at another. A cold day, though, um, with lots of moisture in the air. And so Eric and I went hiking that day. And we went over to Beacon Rock. And I believe that day it was closed. We were going to head up the actual Beacon Rock, but it was right. closed. Yeah. yeah. What we ended up doing was going down a small trail to the right instead. And just to, you know, not make the whole trip pointless, we ended up going over. And you were snapping some pictures, Eric. It yeah. was with your phone, just kind of at the scenery. Yeah, I took lots. Yeah. And there were in, I think, a total of four images in what you took, a blue light. And this blue light looked like this just almost like little energy. It was almost yeah. kind of one of those, not like the orbs that people talk about in sure. pictures, but it was more like a wavy, smoky blue light. And in each of the four pictures, it seems to be moving. And it's a different place in relation to other things in those pictures. Kind of like an aura. Yeah, over time. Yeah, and that's what it seemed like. And so for, for quite a while... I wanted to go back and just get more pictures of the area to see if it is something. Yeah, exactly, because like we're all talking about, we kind of want those things to be true and to to recreate those uh, situations and see what comes of it. And so it's kind of funny because in between that time, I kind of held on to those images as, you know, well, there's still this thing that's unexplained, you know, like, hey, you know, you might not have evidence for some of this other stuff or be more skeptical on these other things, but you can't explain this one. This one seems to be really real. So, you know, paranormal stuff could still really exist. And if this one thing can be true, then a lot of things can be true. And I think that's kind of idea that a lot of people have with paranormal topics, too. If ghosts are real, then aliens are real, you know. Right. If one is, right. You know, they all have to be. Right. And so for me, this kind of represented this kind of open paranormal evidence kind of thing so short story long we went back a couple months ago at the beginning of this year and it was a very similar day it was cold cloudy day and started taking pictures to see if we could get that blue light again and sure enough on my sister's camera she was able to get it a couple times and so i had her take a bunch more pictures and hey get it we want to want to see what it is see you know let's take it to experts let's go from there let's let's see what we can figure out with this and so on the way back up, did it one more time, and I was using her camera to try and see if I could see anything on the screen while I was moving it around. And when I did that, I noticed the the blue light again, the blue orb or the blue image that was showing up on the pictures directly on her screen. And as it happened, when I moved the phone, it moved directly with the blue light on the screen. And it ended up just being uh, the reflection of the light on... You know, through the camera, through whatever moisture was in the air that day, yeah. uh, those under those conditions, it shows up as this blue, kind of ethereal-looking light. And so, you know, that's, again, what we're trying to do with the show. We're trying to find the explanation. Whether that proves a topic real or not is not actually relevant to what's going on. We want to find the truth, or at least as much of it as we can understand, given the evidence that we have. Awesome, guys. So I hope you enjoyed those ghost stories and are a bit spooked from them, uh, just like we were. But we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to jump into some eyewitness reports about Bigfoot and see if we can find anything interesting. So stay tuned if you're listening to Chasing Shadows. This 
This hour of programming is brought to you by Langley's Towing and Auto Salvage, family owned and operated in Vancouver for over 45 years. Langley's has a towing fleet available 24-7 for minor roadside problems to full towing. Langley's also offers an in-house inventory of recycled parts for foreign and domestic, and they purchase junked and abandoned vehicles. Langley's can be reached at 360-892-2924 or on the web at langleystowingandautosalvage.com. Langley's, where the best never rest. Many thanks to our longtime founding sponsor and friend, Don Orange, with Hosley Eco Automotive, family owned and operated since 1946. Hosley Eco Automotive is the place for fast, friendly, and honest service, hybrid and electric car qualified, and home of the three year, 36,000 mile warranty. Find out more at HosleyEcoAutomotive.com or directly at 360 558 3747. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Chasing Shadows, and we're uh, hopping into our eyewitness reports, seeing if we can find anything interesting, anything noteworthy. So let's jump into today, eyewitnesses. Um, This is, uh, like I said, I think the biggest thing that fuels Bigfoot reports is that uh, people are reporting stories of nine to ten foot tall eight men walking around the forests. What shocked me is... I didn't know that there had been reported sighting in all 48. Yeah. <laughs> all 48. Yeah. That was curious to me as well. Yes. Yeah, I didn't, okay, I didn't realize that's that. A, that's, that's crazy. I thought it would be just maybe a few sections with right. some outliers. Well, especially the Northwest or, you know, the sure, West Coast. but stuff but. like Florida. And, yeah, well, North I guess Carolina. Of, yeah. yeah, Bigfoot are running on Florida. There's a lot of, uh, Now, yeah, and I know there are other variants as well, like the skunk ape or yeah. the kind of the equivalents. Right. But either way, the 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 the, the base story remains yeah. an upright ape, yeah, walking around. Okay, so we have an early story, Eric. One of your uh, eyewitness reports was an old one, the 1927, I believe. Albert, yes, uh, Albert Austin. Tell us about that one because that one's really interesting to me because it came before a lot of the media or some of the other stuff we're going to be talking about. Sure. Yeah. 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 Um, before the film, yes. many years before, yes. the decades. Yes. Um, I think the most interesting thing about Albert Osman one is that I believe that he is the only uh, eyewitness account of sort of being kidnapped by oh, wow. uh, some Sasquatch. Okay. Uh, a family of sure. four of them, actually. He describes it as the old man, he calls it, the older male Sasquatch, and then the, the old woman. And uh-huh. then he said there was a younger uh, a male and a younger female. Uh-huh. And he said the young female was actually many feet shorter than all of the other... All the Sasquatch, he said, were around 9 to 10 feet tall, uh-huh. while the young female Sasquatch was around 6 feet. Okay. Um, Interesting. But he, uh, yeah. he claims that he, uh, he was kidnapped, kind of rolled up like a lunch sack in his uh, sleeping bag, sleeping. Oh, wow. Um, uh, he felt like he was thrown onto horseback, but he could tell whatever that he was thrown onto was walking upright. So okay. he was thrown over the back of... Sasquatch. So he gets rolled up and straight abducted. Yeah, he's wow. being carried by okay. Sasquatch, who he said walked for about two hours, so okay. he estimated about two to three miles. Okay, um, and uh, there he kind of existed with four Sasquatch for six days. This is different. Yeah. That's a, this is completely Where he unique. was living off his rations, right? Which was hard tack, you know, and they let him some milk. Uh, it was almost, uh, one point he said that there was like a fight between the old man and old woman Sasquatch because the old man was trying to do something with him and she wouldn't let him. 
let the old man okay. Sasquatch maybe eat him. Okay. <laughs> Prepare sure, him for dinner. Sure. Um, but he said there was a fight after like the first day, and uh-huh. then he just kind of existed with sure. them. Uh, it was almost a situation where he was in one area of the camp, and they wouldn't let him leave the area because there was a uh, trees that came to kind of a, okay. a meditative. Yeah, um, yeah. But after six days. Um, what had happened was he took he had one can of chewing tobacco left sure. and he gave it to the Sasquatch uh-huh. thinking that Sasquatch would think it was food uh-huh. and maybe it might make him sick uh-huh. uh, so instead of taking just a little bit the Sasquatch emptied the entire can into his mouth swallowed everything and uh-huh. licked the can of chew oh wow which he then got sick okay uh, and gave the guy while he was sick he uh-huh. grabbed the guy's coffee pot drank an entire pot of coffee and the coffee grounds the Sasquatch oh. reportedly did. <laughs> sure. Which made him He's going to town then at that point. Because uh-huh. he was trying, he thought the coffee would help uh-huh. apparently. Uh-huh. Uh, that is a caffeine rush. That yeah, that's read. all kinds of... So he was <laughs> yeah. sick. Uh, the old mom was worried. The old mom Sasquatch, he, uh-huh. he calls it, was worried. Uh, he took this as an opportunity and just made a break for the trees. He knew once he would get past an opening... He would be okay for a while. Okay. Um, he says that he once he got to the opening, the uh, old woman Sasquatch uh, noticed him finally, uh, let out a cry, and started to chase after him. He had, The only thing he held on to was his rifle the whole time. Okay. So he shot. He only had six rounds, I believe, left. Uh-huh. Six okay. shotgun rounds. He shot one of them, terrified the Sasquatch. She turned around, kind of went the other way, and then he took off. And where he knew that once he got past two mountain ranges, he would be okay. Wow. Did, did they specify the sound that the, uh, the yes. older... Yes, yes he did. He pointed at the old man and he sounded like a ook, kind of. He kind of just pointed <laughs> at him like, ook! He said they were <laughs> okay. sounding more like, it sounds like, like that. Like, like guttural, kind of? Right, yeah, right. Like, ook! Uh, yeah. More so like a gorilla, maybe like a... It, yeah. yeah. <laughs> As an ook. Okay, yeah. okay. Uh, Interesting. Yeah. Good to know. Keep that one. So this one seems very unique. I don't. It man, that's such a tall tale to try and digest. Right. It seems to me like I don't know. I personally, Uh I am. I try to be creative, but I couldn't come up with a story like this. Yeah. Um, It seems very, very firsthand. So what? What seems very? It does, but uh, you know, I think you mentioned before that uh, it seemed kind of like he was. when he got people to listen to him, he was given a lot of details, you know, like almost yeah. uh, try, yeah, trying to tell a story that people were interested in. Yeah, it kind of reminded me of, yeah, someone who never gets listened to but finally has an interesting story and he knows people want to hear him. Right. So uh, he was describing everything to the smallest thing. I mean, I know exactly what went into his pack down to the grain of salt. It was, wow. He was a little long-winded. Uh, it almost seemed like a little... Too much of detail. You know, but, um, that's that's kind of what comes to my mind is too much detail. Maybe, You're almost uh, trying to. Those are. Why, yeah. I, man, if I got abducted by a family of Sasquatch, I don't know that when retelling the tale, I would be talking about the things I brought with me. Right. You know what I mean? I. Yeah, that's. It's, yeah. it's almost like a, I get you distracted by the details. Okay. And were any of these de- details corroborated later or anything confirmed later or. Um. Uh, no, because he yeah. was all, he was by himself, okay. yeah, he had, there's no one to okay. help corroborate the story. So, I mean, in terms of, you know, just to get started on our kind of filter that we're viewing these things on, there's no real, 
uh, actual evidence here in this this eyewitness testimony. Yeah. There's maybe things where we can start to build patterns where we can start All to look right. for evidence, um, but the patterns themselves, the patterns aren't proof. So that's that one. That's that's an interesting one. That's that's an old yeah. one. I don't I don't think we'll run into any others like that. But that's... there's been there's been a few around that same timeline. To be honest, okay. uh, the 1920s that I okay. found. Um, but mostly after that, it's been like 55 and later. Okay. Uh, that's definitely a curious one. I'm glad we kind of jumped in with some of the earlier ones and working our way up from there. Uh, we're going to take another quick break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to jump into some more eyewitness reports, uh, including some that are local. So stay tuned. You're listening to Chasing Shadows. Community Angels at National Women's Coalition Against Violence and Exploitation have been supporters of KXRW Community Radio since our inception. NW Cave helps to inform and educate the prevention of violence against women and children. They have a dream, a world without violence. Learn more about how you can help at nwcave.org. Community Radio Like This is brought to you by the generous support of founding sponsor Bill Dickey at ADCO Commercial Printing and Graphics, Clark County's local print shop since 1993. ADCO features stationery, posters, flyers, tickets, business cards, stickers, catalog, and much more. Print anything, mail anywhere. Learn more at adco1.com. That's adco, the number one, dot com. Welcome back, listeners. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Chasing Shadows, and we're talking about Bigfoot today, uh, specifically eyewitness reports, and jumping into some of the different ones around the country. So, one of the ones that I was looking at here, uh, this is one that I look back, I used to use when I did Bigfoot hunting, and the reason I kind of wanted to include it is because when I was looking at it, uh, I used to live in Corvallis. Obviously, Eric, you lived there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found one that was an actual sighting right outside of Corvallis. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. And this one was in Chipross Park. Is And this one was reported on the Oregon Bigfoot website, OregonBigfoot.com. And they have a database of about 1,400 sightings from the area. And um, it's one I used to look at a while ago. And, and uh, they, they seem to try and present as much detail as possible. But this one just talked about somebody, who, or the person who reported it, said that them and their friend were going towards a creek to reach their brother, who was screaming for them, and they were screaming back. And they came across something that they ran into, and it stood up. And it was furry, and it had glaring yellow eyes back at them, and was very, very tall, and um, about seven foot tall, as the account describes. And... Uh, they assumed it was Bigfoot enough that they reported it on the Oregon Bigfoot website, and it's now on the database. Uh, quick question. Yes. Uh, the yellow eyes, is that something that is common in Bigfoot? Oh, you know. Because I have read a few where it's yellow eyes. Where it's yellow eyes. Also, but then also another name for Sasquatch is Red Eye Devil. Right. So that's why I'm confused, you know, because I have read some, too, that are yellow eyes. Yeah, you know, there there are some. I can't speak to all of them, but I, I have seen it before, absolutely. Okay. Okay. You know, what stands out to me is it's not just Bigfoot either. The red eyes or the glowing eyes. There's a lot of paranormal yeah. ones like okay. that. So it seems like that could be a, a yeah a, a common reporting factor or, or something to that effect. But um, yeah. So I know with this one, it led me to actually go out and do some after dark bigfoot hunting around the area. And one thing that I can tell you is that walking around the forest at night is 
terrifying. Terrifying. Yeah. Terrifying. Let's get a trip. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Uh, have you guys ever had any experiences in the forest? I after have. Dark? Yeah. After dark, not many. I mean, there's camping, <laughs> yes, but like then right. you have a place to go to, like sure. just walking around the forest. After dark, not really. Yeah. I've been foraging for mushrooms during the day <laughs> in the woods, but not sure. after dark. And even then, when it gets gloomy, it can be a little creepy. Oh, it was rainy and it was yeah. creepy, and yeah. I had no idea where it was. Yeah. So this one led me to go out and do a little bigfoot hunting, and um, after dark, and I think that's uh, the, my biggest takeaway from it is that because it was local, I wanted to check it out. And it, of course. you know, right. And when I was out there, anything I heard, oh, is that a Bigfoot? Oh, is that a Bigfoot? So sure. I almost had a little bit of a, you know, not a little bit. I had some, you know, trying to get some confirmation going. There's some confirmation yeah. bias on that, trying to find Bigfoot. So um, in terms of what this uh, presents, I don't, there's no, no good evidence in it. Um, another pattern of the glowing eyes. That's something we can take. Right. Starting to build that pattern there. But I, I did not see anything. That's always been kind of like a mainstay in... As far as media too goes for like scary, supernatural and or uh, not identified creatures. Sure. It's glowing eyes. Right. It's right. a huge pattern. Yeah. Uh, the eyes tell a lot. Right. It just terrifies us. Yes. Yeah. Very terrifying image. <laughs> yeah. So, Robert, eyewitness. My eyewitness is actually from uh, Northern California. Okay. So still in the same area. Sure. Um, I think that counts as Pacific Northwest. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Um, this one was near Avocado Lake. Oh, I like the, I like the sound of this place already. I know, right? It makes me hungry. <laughs> I hate avocado. <laughs> on the record. What? You're, we need to have this on you. You're a monster. That's yeah, terrible. Yeah, I'm from California, oh. too. Yeah, okay. <laughs> anyway. anyway, so Avocado Lake. Yes, so, uh, like I said, near, uh, Northern California. Um, it was investigated by a paranormal investigator. Okay. Um, there's a couple odd things that I caught that I had uh, noticed in sure. just reading through this article. Uh, another thing kind of tying in with uh, Osman, he was thrown over his shoulder. Um, oh, really? They, oh. They, what they found in this one was that he had a pig over his shoulder um, oh. and was walking quite fast, uh-huh. which we've heard of in a couple other sure. eyewitness accounts. That caught my eye. Um, also, there's a couple pictures from the specific area, and there's also been... 46 other sightings in the specific same area. Oh, wow. Okay. So, so definitely and, something to look into. Yeah, in a situation like that, where there's that many sightings, that's a pattern. You know, that is a pattern. And, and you want to look at those things to see, when you start seeing patterns, you want to look and try and figure out what it is. If there's, if there's 46 people seeing something or reporting seeing something, then there probably is something going on. Yeah. But whether or not it's just misidentification or something else someone in a suit sure. messing around and, and that that kind of brings up a, a very important line of questions and that when you start to look at this is not just a fairy tale you know when sure. because a lot of people look at bigfoot and and kind of ridicule people who believe in bigfoot uh, or sasquatch or whatever you want to call it because they think that the idea of Bigfoot is one lone creature walking around, and it's a right. magical creature walking around the forest. A singular, right? Bigfoot. Exactly, There's right? Only one exactly. In the whole world. But I don't think people who believe in Bigfoot think that's what's going on. No. They're actually thinking that there's an entire species living in the Northwest or, yes. or wherever they're sure. Very wherever endangered. they're at. Yeah, an endangered one, a low population, yes. uh, probably nocturnal species that lives right. in the area. And these are the kind of questions we have to start looking at when we're trying to build scientific evidence for something in that, okay, what would its diet be? Where right. would it be living? 
exactly. You know, where are the remains of it? Those are those are questions that have to be asked. Um, and these reports seem to offer different things, and so you can't draw assumptions off of eyewitness reports alone. And that's why we can't use eyewitness reports as evidence for these things, because there's going to be so many conflicting things when, you know, there's a lot of misidentification going on or, or you know, whatever it may be uh, that, that's, that people are seeing and reporting in the woods. Um, uh, personally, uh, you know, it gets suggested a lot, but uh, bears on their hind legs. Yeah. That's a big one because the height on a large bear would match. And um, there are a lot of people who say, you know, I've been out in the woods for 20 years and I've never seen anything like this. Um, But there, you know, is an outlier like a bear with a medical condition where it's missing some fur or has some kind of, you know, gangly looking features that make it seem more More bipedal. Yeah, exactly. Or even more human-like. Yeah. Um, how much is that contributing? So, so far, I think the, uh, the eyewitness stories we've looked at are, um, interesting. They certainly are very entertaining, but I don't see any, even enough patterns between them to connect and pull evidence from, except to say that, the, you know, people are seeing things with glowing eyes, which could be a lot of different animals. Wolves. Yeah. yeah. Bears. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, next eyewitness, what do you got for us, E? What's funny when you talk about bears is uh, one of the most famous ones, William Rowe, mm-hmm. 1955 here. Okay. It was in Mica, Mica, not sure, M-I-C-A okay. Mountain, British Columbia, okay. uh, Pacific Northwest again. Sure. He observed a large animal uh, as he was entering a clearing on the mountain. Mm-hmm. It was a sunny day. He thought it was a grizzly bear. Sure. He's had a lot of experience. He had, he had uh, actually killed a grizzly bear. Uh, in the same spot a year before. Oh, wow. Um, so he saw something about 75 yards away. Okay. Uh, he that's didn't a pretty wanna... good distance, actually. 75 uh, yards, that's, I mean... When you think about it, almost a football field, that's yeah, pretty far right, away. Yeah, right, okay. Uh, he shot the bear from that distance the year before, he said. Okay. So uh, he was uh, skilled okay. to do so. Sure. He didn't want to shoot it because he had no way of getting out the way where he was positioned right. on the mountain. He had no way of getting out. So he sat down on a small rock. Uh, with his uh, rifle. He said moments later it raised up on two and uh, stepped out of the opening and then he realized it was not a bear. True. First impression was it was a giant man three feet thick. Three feet wide. He Uh he noticed that. He thought it was a giant man because as it came closer he saw breasts and noticed it was a female. Okay. It was a female uh, creature. Uh, The torso though was not curved like a female. It was broad, okay. and it was straight down, shoulder to hip. Mm-hmm. He noticed the arms were much thicker, longer, reaching almost all the way down to the knees. Okay. Which, um, I don't know if that would be on a bear, grizzly bear, if their arms would be that long. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm not sure. sure about that one. Um, and then the feet were broader than a man's. Okay. Um, the nose was flat, broad. Okay. And the lips and chin went out. Yeah, farther than the nose. Lips and chin were out farther than the nose. And co- hair cover everywhere except for palms. And bottom of the feet. Okay. He That's walks. a lot of detail for 75 yards away. 75 yards away, he's got quite a bit of detail. Was wow. he scoped in or what? Yeah, he <laughs> He'd have to be, I would think. I would expect that. Yeah. He, was, uh, he was under the impression that actually a movie a movie company was making a film nearby. Interesting. He thought because it looked so much like oh, a man wow. in a suit. Okay. He thought that uh, a movie company was uh, actually making a movie Very nearby. Very interesting. He, he did get closer. As he looked more, he decided it was uh, impossible to fake. Okay. Something so huge. 
The thought came to him that uh, if it got closer, he was going to shoot it. Okay. At the very least, it is uh, something that scientists all over the world should be studying. Right. Whatever he has seen, the specimen. Finally, he watched uh, the animal leave the clearing. It was it was at the edge of a lodgepole pine clearing. It walked down a ridge. He he wanted to find out if it lived on vegetation, and only found that it ate vegetation. So William Rowe was the one who okay. uh, noticed that there was no meat, possibly because there was no meat sure. in the area. Yeah, and that's all it was surviving off of. At right. The time. And then let's see. Two years after, he didn't make the statement of the story till two years after. That. Okay. So he waited a while. That's an interesting fact too. I, th- I yeah. man, I mean. Wait, in two years, first off, your details might be a little fuzzy, you know, human memory has been shown to be pretty inaccurate in its recollection, and oftentimes you're remembering, remembering things, and not remembering the things themselves. Yeah. Okay. It's important to note that William Rowe, he uh, supported his family by hunting and trapping, so he was very skilled in following creatures. So that's what Uh, he did for a living, was be out in the woods. That's what he did for a living, looking at scat evidence, so to follow up on his hypothesis, he actually tried to uh, follow and track the Sasquatch oh, three interesting. days after that. Okay. So he... Uh, Did he say he was successful? Is That was... He found uh, scat evidence and bedding uh, oh. from Sasquatch. Did he not collect it? He did not collect anything, though. Okay. Yes. So if somebody has the mindset to track a Bigfoot for three days because it would be important to the scientific community, but doesn't... Get the actual physical evidence. Doesn't grab anything. And that was the only thing. Like, it was, right. besides killing one, that would be the physical evidence you could get. Yep. And, and I feel like that takes away some of the some of the meat behind this one because he's saying I was really thoughtful about it and I knew it was important, but not important enough to actually gather physical evidence. Yeah. Yep. Because that's all he found. It looks okay. like he found. He said he found scat and yeah. uh, bedding. Okay. Um, and he, he said that gave him evidence to uh, believe that it was indeed corporeal and okay. not something that he had hallucinated. Well, there's imagine. that at least. And, um, you know, it may be that he's correct and that it is something corporeal, but, yeah. you know, as an upright walking uh, primate, I, I, that doesn't seem to necessarily be the case. So really he wrote down, he did some sketches mm-hmm. of a bear and a Sasquatch. Okay. And then uh, okay. he really just wrote down his observations, which... Okay. Uh, because a lot of people, like you said, sure. were telling him it was a grizzly bear. Right, and that's what he saw. Okay. So he tried to uh, okay. distinguish features. Well, that's that's fantastic. We that can throw those. those yeah, apart. we can throw those up on the show notes so that uh, listeners can go on and get a chance to yeah. look for themselves and see if their comparisons, uh, if they think that uh, they lend any uh, credibility to this witness. Definitely. Yeah. All right, guys, we've got one last break, but when we come back, we're going to draw some conclusions and see what we can gather from these eyewitness reports. So stay tuned, you're listening to Chasing Shadows. This hour of programming is brought to you by Langley's Towing and Auto Salvage, family-owned and operated in Vancouver for over 45 years. Langley's has a towing fleet available 24-7 for minor roadside problems to full towing. Langley's also offers an in-house inventory of recycled parts for foreign and domestic, and they purchase junked and abandoned vehicles. Langley's can be reached at 360-892-2924 or on the web at langleystowingandautosalvage.com. Langley's, where the best never rest. Community radio like this is brought to you by the generous support of founding sponsor Bill Dickey 
at ADCO Commercial Printing and Graphics, Clark County's local print shop since 1993. ADCO features stationery, posters, flyers, tickets, business cards, stickers, catalogs, and much more. Print anything, mail anywhere. Learn more at adco1.com. That's ADCO, the number one, dot com. And we are back. If you are just tuning in, you're listening to Chasing Shadows, and we're talking about Bigfoot. We've looked at some eyewitness reports today, found some really interesting reports that had some very unusual things in them, but that's kind of the point of the show. So, uh, Robert, what's your next one? So for this one, that actually is something that I found that's very vague. Mm -hmm. Um, it's It's a report from BFRO. Okay. Um, and real quick before you go into that, the BFRO, they, uh, I believe they do a TV show, but uh, they're just an organization that is trying to promote Bigfoot research, the Bigfoot exactly. Research Organization. They, exactly. they have a database online where you can go in and report things, and then also have investigators doing a follow-up. Yeah, so that's good. I like that, and I like that there's people trying to get uh, other information, so um, it's cool that they're doing that. Um, how did it look? How did the actual information they gave look? This one was one that, uh, so to go back on the BFRO, it's, mm-hmm. it's actually stands for a Bigfoot Field Researchers Organization. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, and they had an eyewitness report from Hubert and Dort Smith mm-hmm. in 1997, okay. in, right around December. They, they noticed a weird smell while they were walking around their, their farm okay. um, and their dairy farm. So they went over to... <laughs> so uh, more unusual than normal. More unusual okay. than normal, yeah. yes. Which obviously you're going to have a, some sort of weird smell from having the cows. Mm-hmm. Um, so they went to investigate, mm-hmm. uh, got there and found no bodies, no traces of anything. But they did find footprints. Um, and this wasn't the first time that they had found a similar footprint to what they say is a Bigfoot or Sasquatch um, style of footprint and had them uh, plastered Paris and sent it off to uh, be researched by the Bigfoot Research Organization. So this is one that actually has evidence tied to it, physical evidence tied to it, in the form of plaster casts, which is a very, very common piece of evidence. That is all they found, though. They had okay. no other evidence. They didn't see anything. There were no sightings. They just had found multiple. Okay, so weird smell, big footprints, but not actually anything they saw. Exactly, and they didn't have anything else other than those oh. footprints to okay. to give the authorities and and the organization. So quite vague, but uh, still are, something to look at. A lot at. of them do seem to be that way. It's yeah. a little bit vague. You know, enough details to be. Enticing, but not enough to make a conclusion off of. Exactly. But it is an interesting connection between them. Yeah. My next one is something that was pretty local. Uh, oh, this was, yeah. Yeah, this was published in the Columbian. Oh, wow. Yes. We live in the Portland-Vancouver area, and so anybody who's familiar will know that uh, Vancouver is across the river from Portland. This was one that was sent into the Columbian to their neighbor's section, and it is by uh, R.J. Bob Rogers from Camus, and it was put in... Oh, or, excuse wow. me. Yeah, good old Bob. Published in 2016, and basically just talks about him uh, after a day of uh, some deer hunting. And he was northeast of Washougal. They entered a long, straight southbound section of road that was going downhill, and several hundred yards in front of them, they saw a large, dark animal that jumped off the high side of a cut from the west to east. It goes on to say that it seemed the animal launched itself from several feet above the road and landed on all fours in the middle of the road. 
Uh, we were both thinking deer or maybe an elk. Then it stood up. It was big enough and tall enough to immediately get our undivided attention. If this was a man in a gorilla suit, he had just jumped 20-some feet in the air, up on the bank to the center of the blacktop. Wow. That certainly is compelling. Yeah. Uh, that's not, you know, that's one that's not just saying that there's something big, but something big uh, doing some uh, almost superhuman type things. That's right. a 20-foot jump. That superpower is, level. That's like a Incredible Hulk jump. Yeah. yeah. Has there been any other reports of feats? Like this. Jumping like that? From a Sasquatch. Uh, potentially. Potentially. I, not, not, none that I can think of off the top of my that's head in my huge. time researching. <laughs> yeah, that's huge. Another thing that I noticed on this one, we were talking, Eric, in one of yours about 75 feet away and how detailed it was for 75 feet away. Yeah. In there, they say they were several hundred yards away. Man, that's two or three football fields. Right. I feel like at that point, you're not going to be able to judge distances very well. Sure. I mean, if I saw somebody jump in, you know, a good distance um, from 300 yards away, then I wouldn't be able to give you an accurate description of how far they jumped. Oh, no. And, you know, again, this is somebody who's been in the woods a whole bunch. Says, no, no, I, I you know, know what, I, what I've seen and what it is and what it isn't. But, man, that's a long ways to try and rely on your judgment for that. Long. Right. So the one, yeah, the one I, the guy I was talking about, Right. He was actually seventy-five yards. So it was, oh, okay. it was yards, but I mean, that's that. I would be maybe a better judge than two to three hundred yards, yeah. definitely. But mm-hmm. five feet, five foot jump could look like twenty feet from three hundred yards right. away. Yeah, yeah. So that's what we had for that one. Huh. Personally, my eyes, I could, you know, yeah. twenty yards away, I, I get confused. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how. Right. And, you know, that's what a lot of these seem to be, is people making these judgments and then reporting on them, saying this is or this isn't something right. that that uh, is quite a big claim. Saying that right. there is this another species is a big claim. Yeah, and, you know, the human brain can fill in a lot of blanks yes. after you see something that you yes. think you see. The brain can fill yes. in some sto- story points that maybe didn't happen. Sure, and, you know, uh, especially given the setting, if you're out in the woods in the sure. dark... You know, and you see something big run by you, you maybe don't see it, but your brain sees, oh, yeah. sees or fills in the rest of the image for you. Like shadow people. Sure, there you go. <laughs> and then you, but, you know, then we add in the influence of the media and uh, how that affects us. And there you go, there you have uh, what might be a lot of the reporting. So, in terms of the eyewitness testimony, would you say that you would believe in Bigfoot after hearing these eyewitness reports? I wouldn't say I believe, but I wouldn't say I don't. Okay. Um, you're you're still up in the air. I'm still in the up in the air. Okay. I need I need a little bit more concrete evidence. Okay. But, uh, you're open to listening to more evidence. Exactly. Fantastic. Exactly. Well, our our other looks at this topic should be a little bit more scientific, so we can see what we have for that. Eric, how do you feel about Bigfoot after the eyewitness testimony? Honestly, after the testimonies we've heard, I'm more inclined to believe. Okay. I think scientific evidence will <laughs> help squash that. Sure. Uh, but just from these stories, I'm more inclined to believe because okay. having an eyewitness report in 48 states yeah. and multiples of, on sure. top of that, sure. it's hard to discount that. Sure. Right. Yeah, so I'm more inclined to believe, but still skeptical. Okay, still skeptical. Okay. Um, I think, uh, you know, in looking at eyewitness testimony, and this is going to come up, uh, more and more as we do the show because it's you know a piece of evidence for a lot of different topics. Eyewitness testimony is the least reliable because it relies on people. 
and people make mistakes often. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that uh, exactly like you guys said, it's interesting to look at the patterns between these so we can look for good evidence. Right. Um, and I think that um, you know places like OregonBigfoot.com and the Bigfoot Field Researchers Organization, uh, making databases of sightings is a good step to m- connecting the dots and, and finding out if there is good evidence for this. Uh, it is very interesting, and there's some things that are very uh, good leads to look into. But as far as presenting actual evidence, I don't think we found any conclusive or uh, scientific evidence in the eyewitness testimony today. I agree with that. I think so far we're just chasing shadows with Bigfoot. We've got to go in deeper to uh, find if uh, Bigfoot is is actually there. I agree. Yeah. Uh, before we leave today, we did want to give some special thanks. Uh, first, we wanted to thank Susan Galavis, the president of KXRW, for um, being so helpful in um, bringing our show to reality and uh, making these investigations possible. Uh, we also want to thank John Oberg, um, who has helped us get started and uh, get up on the radio and for uh, all of his feedback and uh, uh, helping us get going on that. Uh, yeah, we appreciate you guys. Thank yes. you guys. And, Thank you. Yeah, and just in general, big thanks to KXRW um, for bringing uh, the community to the radio and uh, for giving us an opportunity uh, to do our show and uh, help be a part of that. Um, thanks, Susan and John. Yes, thank you so much, Susan and John. Um, I want to thank my co-hosts here today, Eric and Robert. Thank you guys for being a part of the show. Thank you, Josh. Uh-huh. Uh, I want to thank our producer. Our producer is Brianna Broxma. She's uh, working hard uh, doing research and uh, making sure all the information we have is ready to go and uh, put together for the show. Uh, I want to give a thanks to Jorn Copeland. He uh, has uh, done our logo for us. I want to also give a thanks to Garrett Hill. He also does some graphic design work for us. And uh, you'll be seeing some of his art pop up on uh, some of the different channels and social media. And uh, finally, I want to give a big thanks to our technical advisor, Nathan Schulderbrand. Uh, just want to thank him for some of the equipment he provided to help us get going today. And uh, we'll be working with him more on some of our on-site investigations and uh, working towards uh, finding good evidence. So I think, uh, I think that's it for us, guys. I don't uh, think I believe in Bigfoot, but uh, we've got some more stuff to look at. So uh, that is our show. Thank you for investigating with us. Yeah, thank you for listening. Appreciate it.